Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Rouse Review. I'm your city manager, Dan Hoffman, and with me is communications director, Amy Simmons. Hello, Amy. Hello, Dan. What's up? Uh, not much. I'm just, I enjoyed the beautiful weather last week. Oh, I wish we could have that all the time. Oh, it was so fantastic. Um, right now, it is uh, just a perfect time to be in Winchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, the valley this time of year is absolutely spectacular. So uh, I'm enjoying my first uh, spring, now getting into summer in yeah. Winchester. I'm very happy that school is out. Hallelujah. Um, oh, my goodness. So, so thankful for that. I um, appreciate our public schools. I think uh, my kids go to two very beautiful uh, public schools here in Winchester, Hanley and Daniel Morgan. And, um, and I've been very impressed with it. All that being said, thrilled they're out of school, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to summer um, and kind of a... a change in routine so yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm glad i don't have to do the back and forth driving my daughter back and yep. forth to school yep i i could do without that the morning routine of get yes. out of bed Lunches. brush your teeth yes. make your lunch <laughs> do you uh, have your chromebook do you yeah. have your, did you charge your chromebook last <laughs> right no <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very happy that that is over um so tomorrow night uh meanwhile back here in city hall uh council meeting tomorrow uh we've got a, a few things of interest on the agenda uh, a couple of second readings, uh, the same uh, blight ordinance uh, that we talked about, uh, that's at second reading as well. Some smaller land use issues, nothing major. Uh, on the consent agenda is a something I want to point out to everybody. It is uh, the authorization for me to sign an MOU with all of our volunteer fire uh, companies around. You got Friendship, you got Shawnee. Uh, you got Rouse, you got South End, um, you know, they, those, all of those buildings, for those of you who aren't aware, the buildings and the most of the apparatus, the fire trucks and whatnot, are actually owned by the volunteers. We put career firefighters in them and operate them, and we fund certain aspects of it, but uh, there's really all, you know, the fire and rescue system in Winchester is, is really a partnership between the city, um, the, the volunteer companies in the community, of course, who, you know, fund it through either their property taxes or they fund it through going to you know a bingo game at one of the um at one of the houses that do that so this mou was something that was uh, one of the primary recommendations of the esci study that was conducted last year uh, really to kind of document the current state what who is responsible for what critical activity in these stations so that we're all on the same page just to make it clear and more safe uh, for our career firefighters and our residents uh, at the end of the day. So I'm very happy that uh, through a lot of hard work between um, you know, our, our fire chiefs, you know, previously Chief Culp, now Chief Henschel, uh, all the presidents of the volunteer companies, their membership, uh, that we now have this MOU. And I'm looking forward to signing it uh, tomorrow as soon as I get the, uh, the opportunity. <laughs> um, also, on the, we do have a work session. We've canceled the last couple of work, she- work sessions, but uh, this time we do have a couple of things in the work session. Uh, we're going to have a, some, a small administrative issue related to um, the, the airport, uh, but we will have also an executive, dis- an executive session uh, to discuss uh, collective bargaining. So uh, that'll probably be a... Um, actually, no, that's not an... I take that back. That's not an executive session. We had an executive session. Now we're going to be having a public discussion about the council's um, position on, on collective bargaining. So uh, stay tuned for that. That is uh, tomorrow night. Awesome. And um, you know, one of the 
one of the more visible members of my senior staff. Mm-hmm. Chief Piper's coming in here in just a second. I'm so uh, excited. Yep. He's, um, I've been so impressed with Chief uh, since I got here. You know, when you come in as a city manager, um, you know, one of the first things you, you should ask is, is about the police chief. Uh, what's the, especially given all of the, you know, different issues swirling around law enforcement nationally, uh, you know, you want to make sure you want to know what you're what you're stepping into. And um, I, I can safely say that, you know, the between the council, the staff and the community, uh, everybody really respects Chief Piper. So uh, it gave me a lot of confidence and comfort coming into this position that I wasn't stepping into a a, a very you know, difficult situation as it came to police work. There's a great relationship between the community and police, and we've got a very supportive council. Uh, so um, it was very comforting for me to know that we had a good, a great police chief, uh, and looking forward to chatting with him in just a second. In fact, I think he is here coming in right now. Welcome, Chief. Hi, thanks for having me. Excellent. Um, so, Chief, I've been here for, I think I'm going on my ninth month now, and you're Really, you've been here, what, going on five years? Four years, uh, September 1st. Four years, September 1st. You're going on four years. So we're both in city of Winchester employment terms. We're <laughs> right. relatively new. Yes. Um, and, you know, we've got a chance to see other cities and other jurisdictions, how they do things in other places. And I know, at least from my perspective, uh, you know, I've been really impressed. One of the things that you know, we have that a lot of other jurisdictions don't is a police department that is you know trusted by the community with a great dialogue uh about some of the more sensitive issues uh and that's been really you know it puts me at ease because you know as the city manager i've got to worry about those things and you know not getting fired because of those things uh you know i'm guessing you've you've seen a lot of that you know here when you stepped into this role Absolutely. It's a credit to our incredible staff. Uh, The amount of community outreach events that we've done, Deputy Chief Behan's been behind a lot of those and a lot of other staff in the police department. Everything from coloring with a cop, coffee with a cop, Mm -hmm. our kids and cops camp that we do annually in June, and just a lot of different areas of the city where we're being visible and we're kind of stripping away that facade of the badge and the uniform and Mm -hmm hopefully getting people an opportunity to see our police officers for the men and women that they are. Yeah. And it, and it's harder and harder. And you know, we were talking about this just the other day. It's, it's getting harder and harder to, um, you know, get people to look at the law enforcement profession. Um, you know, if, whether they're changing careers or whether they're starting their professional life, you know, because of a lot of these bigger, um, you know, nationwide or really worldwide, you know, issues. I, I would imagine law enforcement agencies all over the world are dealing with, you know, the the different changes that are being thrown at them. But, you know, it's t- it's difficult to stay at full staffing. So a lot of these things that we people might be used to seeing, you know, we might we, we still try to do them as best we can. But, you know, right now it's hard to keep at full staffing. You know, talk a little bit about where we're at with with staffing because I know I got a little, I get a lot of requests for officers to be at specific places at specific times and uh, it's sometimes it's difficult because we, we're not fully staffed at the moment right we're not alone in this challenge you, you talked about that it's, it's a national trend it's a regional trend a lot of agencies right now are struggling to get qualified and I think that's the key word mm-hmm. we, we never want to lower our standards we want to have a an incredibly talented diverse workforce that represents the city 
but along with that comes challenges and, and frankly there's not a lot of people that want to get into this profession right mm-hmm. now the people that do i give them more credit than people that from my generation that got in because they're getting into it with their eyes wide open and they're looking at what's going on nationally even though it doesn't represent what's going on here in winchester in my mm-hmm. opinion but they're still getting into this with everything going on in social media and national news cycle and they're they're stepping up to serve and, and it's pretty incredible so to answer your question, our authorized number of police officers, our sworn officers, is 79 right now. We currently, uh, as of July 4th, will have 11 vacancies, which is pretty significant for an agency mm-hmm. our size. But I think it's also important for people to know that it's not just those 11 vacancies that impact our operational readiness. It's also the fact that we have 10 officers that just graduated from the academy mm-hmm. that just started field training. Many of them are moving on into their second phase, but that's a about 12 weeks of training that that uh, those men and women do before they're able to be out in the community solo as police officers. We have an officer on military leave right now, and we have somebody on family medical leave. So those things impact our operational capabilities. So when we get requests to do proactive things, as much as we're committed to being out in the community, unfortunately, sometimes we have to pull back those resources that we do have that are out here in the community, pull them back into patrol. And last year we had to pull back uh, some of our shift configurations and move people to a 12 hour shift, which uh, a lot of people didn't like, frankly, inside the department, but it was necessary so that we can keep cops on the street responding to our emergency and non-emergency calls. We're committed to being out there in the community and I'm looking forward to 2021 being a better year for us as far Mm -hmm. as having more officers out there in the community. But it's an ongoing challenge right now. Yeah, I know I get uh, questions, you know, with with some frequency. About once a week, I get a request from a resident, you know, whether it's a you know somebody upset because uh, there's one of their neighbors isn't cleaning up after their dog, which is a violation. That is, uh, <laughs> got to pick. It's a, it's technically it's considered littering. Uh, you got to clean up after your pet. Um, you know, specific intersections that you know I hear this from counselors all the time. Hey, people are speeding all the time over at XYZ Street, and uh, you know, can we send an officer over there? Well, it's difficult. I can't just say, you know, Chief Piper, send you know Officer Smith over to that place and just have them sit there. Right. You know, it, it's it, we can't, we don't have the luxury of doing that kind of thing right now. We will be looking at you know a lot of uh, some you know in the case of traffic, we'll be looking at a lot of enhancements to to that program, whether it's with motorcycles or other things that we're looking at doing uh, to try to step up traffic enforcement, because that's an important function of the police department. But, you know, we can't always just say, oh, we're going to pop an officer over at this intersection and just have them sit there all day. They've, they've got to be on patrol. They've got to be out and about. Hey, he mentioned Officer Smith. Can we get Craig back? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he can do it. He's still here. He's part-time right now. Oh, is he good? <laughs> yes. So, I wasn't referring to a specific <laughs> Officer Smith, just for the record. That was the generic Officer Smith. But that Officer Smith is very beloved. So. Exactly. Yes. I think, I think that's a good point. And it, this is not to say that we're not out doing traffic enforcement. Absolutely. But I think where we have a finite number of resources, what we need to do is focus in the most impacted areas mm-hmm. of the city. And in my mind, those are our school zones, mm-hmm. our residential areas, and our high crash intersections. And yeah. probably a lot of the listeners know what those are. Jubilarly. Yeah, Juba Early, yeah, Pleasant Valley, and some of those areas, Valley. Yeah. So we're targeting enforcement there. You will see officers out doing radar. Uh, we're out there mm-hmm. doing traffic enforcement. It's also important for a lot of people to know that as of March 1st of this year, a lot of laws changes mm-hmm. changed as far as what our officers can and cannot pull people over. And that was the criminal justice reform that was passed down mm-hmm. in Richmond. So, for instance, uh, pulling people over for a 
equipment violation, mm-hmm. generally speaking, is not something our officers can do unless there's another violation they mm-hmm. observe. So I get concerned about that, particularly when it comes to impaired driving and our ability to pull cars over at night. But that's the direction that the state has gone in, and that's the reality that we have to police in now. It's, yeah. it's a different world. Especially, uh, and I know there's a lot of changes coming in terms of marijuana yes. uh, and the way we enforce uh, the possession and usage of marijuana. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So that's coming really quick. July 1st, drastic, uh, pretty significant changes to marijuana possession mm-hmm. in particular kick in. There's some other legislation that is in the future in 2022 and 2024 that will most certainly impact localities, but that's that's a topic for another mm-hmm. discussion. July 1st, generally speaking, uh, adult possession and use of marijuana will generally become illegal, or I'm sorry, legal, legal. in Virginia uh, up to up to an ounce. It, it's, it's something that people need to be informed about, and uh, I think we're not going to do it justice by talking about all the ins and outs of the new legislation. We'll be posting something on the police department's website mm-hmm. and our Facebook page linking some of the new legislation here before July 1st so yeah. folks can get up to speed and our officers are always available to answer questions that people we have uh, may have yeah we are not your attorneys right <laughs> do not rely on us for legal advice uh, but do get yourself educated get yourself informed and go to the website um, for that so in, in another area where we often get a lot of um, requests down in the walking mall especially this time of year it's beautiful out um, you know we have a couple of uh, faith-based organizations that are feeding some of the homeless folks and that's attracting them to the to the walking mall so we get a lot of requests um for you know the police department to do something you know it's always this vague request do something could you do something about the homeless folks down there in the walking mall or they're panhandling and you know i I think i've said it before on this podcast and I'll, i'll have to say it again panhandling is not illegal that is a form of speech, and it's protected. Supreme Court's made that uh, decision. Um, sitting, you know, a homeless person sitting out on a bench or sleeping on a bench, again, not illegal. Loitering, you know, most of our loitering laws, we just went through this through the Public Safety Committee, repealing some of the things that would not be constitutional. So uh, we can't use the police department to address the homelessness issue. Um, now, that being said, you know, we, we occasionally there are folks with mental health um, challenges that do hang out in some of our more public areas, and occasionally they do uh, create problems or issues. And, and we are being more present, a little more visible there as we can, given the staffing concerns we just talked about. So, um, Chief, maybe just take a minute to talk about some of the things we're doing to be a little more visible um, and you know, making sure that people feel safe, even though they are safe. When you're walking down the walking mall, you're safe. There's cameras everywhere. We frequently have officers down there, um, lots of eyes in the street. So uh, just because you see a homeless person doesn't mean you're unsafe. Um, but, you know, we're going to be there. We're going to be a little more visible. So, you know, Chief, talk right. about that for a second. Yep. Um, and you're right. A lot of people want the police to come down and, and take care of this, you know, perceived problem or the real problem in some cases. And I understand that, and I'm, I'm trying to be understanding, but I also think that we have to manage our resources effectively. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday, I was down in the walking mall for um, half an hour with two of my officers walking around. We're committed to being down there as much as we can. We realize that it's a, it's a place that brings a, a vibrant economy and a lot of visitors and, and residents out, and especially when we have nice weather like yesterday. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to be down there. We want to be visible. We can't be down there all the time because of the staffing issues that we just talked about. 
And I think it's also important for people to recognize that a lot of the folks that are, are I would say, the problem people down there, the ones that we get complaints about, mm-hmm. a lot of those folks are not necessarily breaking the law. And we want to encourage people to call the police, either mm-hmm. the emergency or non-emergency number, depending on what's going on, if they see a law being broken. And we'll, of course, respond down there and take care of the issue. But a lot of these behaviors are just outside the norm of mm-hmm. what, what most of us expect and what we're used to. And that's, in my opinion, and, and I know it firsthand, is because a lot of these folks are, are suffering from mental health issues, mm-hmm. substance misuse issues, or a combination of the two. And when you combine those things, it's not necessarily a law enforcement issue. Sometimes it is. Yeah. And we're down there and we're going to take care of the problem when it becomes a law enforcement issue. But we're also committed to working with our public and private stakeholders, whether it's a Department of Social Services mm-hmm. or a local community services board and others um, like the Rescue Mission and CCAP to make yep. sure that we're steering those folks towards the services that they need. And uh, this is the consequence sometimes of of having an, an, an urban setting downtown mm-hmm. like the mall. You're, you're going to have yeah. diverse people down there. You're going to have people from different backgrounds and people that may not be used to what we're Absolutely. It's a, it's a vibrant down. I mean, a day like, uh, you know, this, this past week, gorgeous weather, uh, you know, every every day, mid seventies, sunny, you know, it's, it was just beautiful. Tons of people out on the walking mall, uh, you know, which is what we want. That's They (laughs) want to, you know, they, that's how, you know, that, that's what they want to engage with. They want to engage with people. They, you know, that's where they find opportunity for, um, you know, panhandling, it's where they find opportunities for food. So, uh, you know, I, I encourage anybody who might be anywhere in the city, don't give money directly to panhandlers. You know, it, it's not an effective way to get them help. I know, you know, it's, it might be, uh, it, it might feel good. Uh, it might scratch an itch or you might feel obligated if it's a particularly aggressive panhandler. Um, but it is not the best way to get those folks assistance. You know, it, if you want to help those folks, look at the rescue mission, look at Watts, look at CCAP, look at the organizations that are actually trying to get those folks on a sustainable path to, to being better. So, well, before, can we talk about something else kind of somewhat related? Can we talk about Leo? Yes. How does Leo related to homelessness? <laughs> that was Not a hard homeless. left. That was a therapy, uh-huh. uh, mental health. Well, we're not. So let's be clear. We're <laughs> not providing a therapy dog to homeless people. No, no However, but that would be awesome. Some, yeah, yeah. It, it almost makes me sad, though, when I see like a homeless person with a dog uh, in um, places like uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. It seems like every homeless person has a dog. They, they, by the way, I should point out, we see if you're on the walking mall, we've got a few very visible homeless folks. You know, I see the same uh, folks down there on a regular basis. We don't have a massive homelessness problem here in the city. I, I just want to be clear. Um, you know, having come from a different place that really did have a serious homelessness issue, and having been in the, down in the district the last few weekends, where you see massive uh, tent encampments, shanty towns under uh, overpasses. I mean, it, we are in pretty good shape. Now we want to keep it that way, so we got to be proactive doing the things we've been talking about, but. We don't have a massive homelessness issue here. We just need to be proactive to make sure it doesn't become a massive issue. Um, and dealing with those folks puts a lot of strain on our officers, dealing with violence and other stuff. So we do have uh, a new member of the force, uh, yes. Leo, which is intentional that it's Leo, right? 
law I'm enforcement sure that officer. wasn't a coincidence. Probably yeah. not we a coincidence. We also wanted a short name that kids could remember and uh, speak yeah. easily. And that was part of Sam it. Sam was the other Sam, one. I think Sam was the other one. Yeah. But Leo, Leo does that was stand the, for something? The Sam? No, that, no. just a short name. Leo, Leo is so, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So for the folks that aren't familiar with Leo, uh, we recently acquired through the Winchester and Frederick County Law Enforcement Foundation through some funding a uh, first ever canine therapy dog for the winchester mm-hmm. police department and his name is leo he is a yellow lab and Adorable. he's still mm-hmm. uh, i think about two months old he'll be going into his formal training here in the few next few weeks and when he is fully trained and and out there in the community he will be available to not only help our officers deal with the trauma that they inherently are going to see as part of their job but also equally as important He's going to be assigned to our criminal investigation divin, uh, division under Detective uh, Mala Banzel, and she is his primary handler. She is mm-hmm. going to be out, and she's dealing with our special victims. She's our special victims detective. So mm-hmm. she's dealing a lot of times with children who are in uh, unfortunate situations, whether mm-hmm. they're directly or indirectly uh, the victims of crimes or just around violent crime or drug use or mm-hmm. sexual assault. And so Leo is going to be there during those interviews when it's appropriate. And he's going to be there as a, a calming presence for those victims. And so it's, I'm excited about it. Oh yeah. We're, I think we're the first regional law enforcement agency to do that. There's some others across the country that we've modeled this program after. So it's going to be a great thing. I'm pretty sure every department's very jealous uh-huh. of this dog. <laughs> every department I've spoken to now wants their own dog. In fact, yes. uh, Mary Blow in, in our mm-hmm. office wants a therapy cat, which I've right. <laughs> I have said absolutely not. That is, com- I, w- I agree with that one. No. Hey, you will see him out. Cat. Speaking of the downtown mall, you will see him out frequently with different members mm-hmm. of the department. He was out, I think, yesterday on the mall going for a walk with, oh, with Deputy Chief Behan. Yep. And, oh, and yeah. uh, I actually took him home last night for a little visit. Aww. It was interesting. He's, he's still a little handful. He's all puppy right <laughs> he's now. He's all puppy. And he's got that puppy belly, too. Yes. Oh, he's oh. adorable. Oh, God, he's so yeah. cute. Yes. His little, like, needly puppy teeth that he just oh, wants yeah. to chew on everything. Oh, yep. The picture of him sitting on your lap during one of the meetings yes. was that was yawning. Awesome. Mm, perfect. Yep. Oh, yeah. So He's bored. So that's been, uh, that's been the highlight of my uh, trips over to... So yes. Tim Brooke over the last mm-hmm. uh, few weeks is visiting with Leo. It's uh, it's nice, and I and I think it reflects the you know the kind of thoughtful, you know, proactive nature that you know we're taking with our with our police department. You know, we're we're not just the same. Uh, you know, we were not your grandfather's police department. Put it that way. <laughs> so, and and a lot of that we see in our recruitment stuff. So, you know. Back to staffing and recruitment for yep. just a quick second. You know, talk about some of the things that, you know, we're doing to kind of recruit folks, not just as a recruitment tool, but also to kind of better reflect the realities of the next generation of law, of law right. enforcement. So one of the questions that I get very commonly from our uh, community is we need to have a police department that better reflects the diversity of our community. And I couldn't agree with that more. But that's not something that that I alone or members of the police department are going to be able to fix overnight. That becomes hopefully a community collaborative effort where people actually speak to young people in our community along with with our conversations and try to get them to consider law enforcement as a profession. Mm -hmm. And I think we've made some strides. I know we have when it comes to diversity and Spanish speaking officers and and uh, and particularly with women, we're, we're actually about double the national average when it comes to sworn law enforcement officers in the Winchester Police yeah. Department. And and as you know, several of our uh, high-ranking uh, 
mm-hmm. officials, including both deputy chiefs right both now, deputy chiefs, are, yeah. are women. So I think that's a credit to some of the diversity, although we have some more to do. We have a July Academy coming up, and we go to a regional academy, Skyline Regional Criminal Justice Academy mm-hmm. down in Middletown, along with most of the other area law enforcement officer or agencies around here. So we're hoping we're going to put a good chunk of officers in the next academy. Like I said, we have 10 that are in field training right now from mm-hmm. the last academy. We only have two opportunities a year to fill those academies. And, and so in the academy six months long. So when we hire somebody, it's not an overnight process. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're going to see that officer on the street right away. Where we do have an opportunity to do that is with Virginia certified officers. And so recently uh, with Dan's support, we've been able to try to recruit some Virginia certified officers from other agencies to doing things that, again, other agencies have been doing across the mountain or mm-hmm. across, the, across the Commonwealth, which is offering a hiring incentive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we calculated before it was about $33,000 yep. to hire and train a brand new officer. And that's everything that goes into that. And so a $5,000 hiring bonus in my mind for a Virginia certified officer mm-hmm. who we don't have to send to the academy, who we can just acclimate to the city and have out on the street that's rather quickly yeah. is a win-win. That's huge. But you know, I'll say that we do have some folks in, in the pipeline. I think we're going to have our first one hopefully hired mm-hmm. here in the next couple of weeks. Great. But um, there's a lot of agencies competing for that mm-hmm. talent pool right now. And Absolutely. unfortunately, sometimes we lose people to other Virginia law yep. enforcement agencies. So we're working hard. We're trying to think outside the box, so to speak, and do some recruiting in areas where we haven't traditionally done it. Uh, if people don't follow the Winchester Police Department on Facebook, please do so. Mm-hmm. We have an incredible following, I think upwards of 44,000 mm-hmm. people, which is pretty incredible for a city yeah. of only 28,000 people. Yeah. But... Uh, if you've been on there, you'll see some of the very, very unique recruiting that we're doing. We've we've recently, you know, changing with the time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We're allowing facial hair if it's neatly trimmed and well kept for for our male officers. Our tattoo policies have loosened up mm-hmm. considerably from what they were traditionally. Hopefully, again, trying to recruit some officers uh, into the profession that may not have thought about it before. Right. Yeah. So, uh, one last thing before we go, folks might have noticed uh, there was an article in the paper last week, uh, you know, we do a lot of community outreach, a lot of community meetings and, you know, we, we have an amazing SRO officer rice. Uh, and you know, it's something that I feel strongly is about as a, it's a positive aspect. It's a a positive presence there in, in schools. Um, you know, we're lucky in that we don't have a, a a large amount of violent crime. You know, occasionally there is an incident and it gets a lot of attention, but you know, by and large, uh, it's it's a very safe city because we address a lot of things proactively. We do a lot of outreach and engagement. Uh, we're present in schools, uh, which is a, a very good thing. So um, I think a lot of these, you know, bigger kind of, again, national or macro concerns about, uh, you know, what law enforcement is and should be in the future, you know, I I think my opinion is that we're, you know, we're doing everything the right way, and SROs are a valuable asset in schools. Uh, so, look, as we wrap up, you know, talk a little bit about the general state of you know safety uh, in Winchester and why SROs are an important part of that. I'll start with the SROs. Um, as you mentioned, we are going to have two SROs, school resource officers, assigned to both our middle school, uh, Daniel Morgan, and our high school, uh, John Hanley High School. Uh, we actually have a new officer, Officer Sosa, who's a Spanish-speaking officer, will be starting in the fall. And so this is a, a really close working relationship that we have with Winchester Public Schools. And the superintendent and I 
attended a community meeting held at the PD on two, uh, last Tuesday or this past Tuesday. And we had some folks from the NAACP and other community stakeholders come out. And we had a really good conversation about the SRO program. Hopefully what people learned from about that and Officer Rice was there is that this is not a an opportunity to put kids in jail or mm-hmm. to have officers involved with disciplinary actions. That's not what we're doing here. What we're doing is building positive, important relationships with children in our community. And we're preventing stuff. I know that for a fact before bad things happen. And as you mentioned, uh, th- these are important relationships to build so that people in our community, our, our young people in particular, start seeing police officers for humans. And I think that translates to when they interact with them out in the community. You mentioned the violent crime in the city. Violent crime is very, very low. For a city our size, our, our per capita violent crime is very low. And I think that's a credit to this community and the close working relationship it has with this police department. But rightly so, if we have a murder or if we have another violent crime in the city, it does get a lot of attention, and in part because it does happen so infrequently. Anytime someone is killed or murdered, of course, it's tragic, and Mm -hmm. that's going to be the top priority for this police department. I'm proud of the investigative work that goes in with our regional partners to solve those crimes in a very expeditious manner and bring those people to justice. But I think it's important people uh, also know that it's not something that's happening very frequently out here. We're still averaging about a murder a year in a city of 28,000 people. One murder is too many. Mm -hmm. We would all agree with that. But uh, those proactive things that we're doing, working closely with the community, I think uh, I know that are preventing other crimes from happening. Absolutely. Well, Chief Piper, thank you very much for taking some time uh, to chat with us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, Leo grow and develop and coming over and visiting us in City Hall and keep an eye out for updates on the city's website relate, you know, regarding the things we talked about, whether it's upcoming community meetings, uh, some information about the changing laws related to marijuana or, or any of the different things that might uh, help you be informed about uh, your safety and the safety of com- your community in Winchester. Thank you very much, Chief. Thanks for having me. So like I said earlier before you got here, see? Chief Piper is awesome. Uh, very knowledgeable, been around the block. Um, you know, I typically like to, you know, kind of promote from within, uh, like I did with uh, the fire chief, uh, whenever it makes sense, and whenever we've got a great candidate. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, a few years ago when they brought in Chief Piper, you know, they, they made the right move. They brought in somebody Absolutely. that... Uh, had that external perspective, you know, a, a broader perspective of, of how things are done in other places. And, uh, you know, he's been very well received um, here in the community. So thanks to Chief Piper for coming and spending some time with us. I know I was so excited um, when he came. He, the first thing he wanted to do was just increase our community outreach and our mm-hmm. events before yeah. the police department. And so we all got together and we came up with all those his idea was the coffee with the cops. That's mm-hmm. a national thing. And then we kind of ran from there and did color with a cop. And mm-hmm. there was another, I think, cocoa with a cop we tried one time. So the only things that start with C. That's, that's <laughs> uh, if it's any any other activity that doesn't start with C, we cannot do it with a with a cop. No, it, but it was so much fun. We did so many fun things, and you well, know, we there. could do painting with the police, or we guess we could do things that start with P as well. Oh, we did. We did cookies with a cop too, with the senior center at the park. Oh, cookies with a cop. See, that it was fun. With a C. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he, that was one of his main initiatives mm-hmm. when he first got here, and it was it was parasailing with a police officer. No, no maybe not that one. We don't have any of those facilities no. there. No. Uh, pickleball with with oh pickleball with the police. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. One maybe, day. Maybe next year. Maybe next year.
Uh, and next time, he better bring the dog. Uh, yeah, but Leo's going to be all grown up by the time we have him back. Oh, no, he better not be. He is <laughs> such a fat little puppy right now. He's awesome. So keep an eye out for Leo uh, out, out and about. Uh, and also, you should keep an eye out for some of these things that are coming up. Uh, Amy, why don't you, what do we got coming up? Okay, well, last weekend, uh, on Saturday, we dedicated a new historic marker at mm-hmm. City Hall. And that is uh, on the, right, right beside the cannon over here on the north yep. side. on Juneteenth. So it, Right. It's a Civil War interpretive marker about local African-American troops who fought in the war. So uh, Winchester, Frederick County Convention and Visitors Bureau and the McCormick Civil War Institute and the Civil War Trails Organization, as well as the local chapter in NAACP, they all helped make it happen. Yep. So check that out. Yep. That was this um, past weekend. So yep. it, uh, I got a chance to be out there and say a few remarks. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting... Um, bit of history, an interesting bit of information. So if you get a chance, make sure you stop by and, and give it a read. Yep. The indoor pool at Jim Burnett Park will be closed until June 28th, and the outdoor pool will be closed June 25th to the 27th for an annual swim meet. So there's only certain things that they're doing with the indoor pool, but they're going through some maintenance. So look for the new schedule at, on June 28th on the website. And as of yesterday, the fitness room at the rec center is now open, and Winchester Parks and Rec is now accepting pavilion rentals. All during COVID, it was first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. Now they're um, taking reservations. And the rec center will be closed on July 5th in observance of Independence Day. But so will we. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, city offices, Wintran, and the Joint Judicial Center, the courts, will also observe Independence Day on Monday, July 5th. So we'll all be closed that day. Rockin' Independence Eve. Not happening this year. <laughs> That's usually womp July womp. 3rd. Yeah, so for people who are upset that we're not doing 4th of July uh, fireworks or whatnot, those are the kind of things that you got to book a ways in advance. Mm-hmm. And A year um, ago, we didn't know yeah, what happened you know, this even, time. Even four or five months ago, we did not know. So um, we encourage everybody to celebrate in the way they feel best. Come on that down is, to Old Town. Come on down to Old Town, walk around. There'll probably be a few activities going on, but no, there won't be fireworks next year. Yeah, next and fourth and July third, which is when we would normally have this, would have been on a Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be on a Saturday, so it's a perfect day to come down, mm-hmm. have some uh, have some dinner downtown. So, as if cicadas weren't enough, mm. you know all about those in your backyard. Yep, I don't have too many at mine. Thank goodness. Hmm. Um, we're still battling the spotted lantern fly. Yeah, I'm battling those in my backyard right now. Are you squishing them? I'm, I'm spraying them, squishing them. Capturing? Uh, capture. I'm doing everything I can to murder them things because they're eating my grapevine right now. And they're just nymphs right now, right? They're just nymphs. So they look... <laughs> so, I was talking to somebody about this just the other day. They don't... They look very different mm-hmm. than the full-grown ones right. that you might have seen last year. They're little black with white spots bugs they jump or around red. as they get older they get, they get a little they turn a little red they mm-hmm. get a little more more and more scary looking and um if you see one they're not like oh a little spider or something like that no get they're rid of bad bugs <laughs> smush them yes squish them asap before they become big because then they become invasive mm-hmm. and they start destroying our plants and trees yep. and crops so uh like covid we need to stop the spread of the spotter and lanternfly. Yes, we do. So Virginia Career Works is offering a free statewide virtual online job fair on July 8th at 1 p.m. So I put the information on our website on the community events calendar. So go there and sign up. 
And this job fair is just in time for the launch of the governor's new Return to Earn grant program. Hmm. So he set aside $3 million to match payments from eligible small businesses. I think you have to have less than 100 employees that can provide new hires up to $1,000 in hiring bonuses. Mm -hmm. So get back to work. Hiring bonus is basically what that is. And last I checked, the city had over 30 jobs Mm -hmm. that we would desperately need filled. So please apply for those. Yep. Come be a police officer. Come be a firefighter. Come be a solid waste worker. Come be anything. And we desperately need... Benefit programs. Benefit programs. Oh, yeah. Services. Go, go overwork at social services, all of them. It's a wonderful place to department, work. yes. And they desperately need a lot of help there. So um, on the next episode of Publicity, mm-hmm. we are taking a tour of the Innovation Center mm-hmm. behind Hanley High School. So uh, the superintendent gave us a tour, and it is amazing. So look for that. Very cool. Yep, the last Wednesday in, Jul- in June, which is the 30th, I believe. So we'll be posting that on YouTube and on social media, and it is a phenomenal project that is going to open at this next school year. Yep, absolutely. Anything that's all, else? That's all I have. All righty. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure to check out the website for uh, all that information. Uh, we are getting ready to start looking at updating, not just updating, but completely replacing Yay. the website. Oh, so. yes. Uh, if you have uh, any thoughts about that, feel free to reach out to Amy. Uh, and in the meantime, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you around City Hall.